This is Scott Vanderpool, and you're listening to the Artist Edition Index, or is that the AE Index, episode 68. I went down to the St. James Infirmary, found my baby there, stretched out on a long white table, so sweet, so cold, so fast. Thank you for joining me once more as we bring the written word from AEindex.org to life through the facilities that I have available. All right, let's let's get right into it this month. I have a topic, and that is something I posted yesterday. I'm recording this on July 30th. I I don't want to record anything on Sunday. So this will be for July's episode. And I published on July 29th the AE Index at five years. So that's the topic for this month's podcast, but we're going to do something different and discuss that at the end of the podcast. We'll go through all the other things first. Uh, all right, so let's get let's talk about the poll. So this is an interesting one from our Patreon patron David Jacoy, uh, and it's summer is here and people flock to the movies to enjoy big sights and big sounds. A lot of these movies have deep ties to or are adapted from comics. Here are some amazing stories that all deserve an AE format book. Which among them deserves it the most? Options available: two thousand and one, A Space Odyssey by you got uh, Kirby and Royer I believe and some other Coletta some other inkers you got uh, 300 by Frank Miller you have Men in Black which I'm see this is Sandy Carruthers and some other this is oh I didn't want to do the creators uh, The Crow by David uh, Barr and V for Vendetta David Lloyd Alan Moore looking at the votes 2080 2001 Space Odyssey is just overwhelmingly winning followed up by V for Vendetta 300, The Crow, and Men in Black have no votes. I'm not surprised by that. Um, I voted for V for Vendetta. I would like to see Miller's original art. I like that. Uh, but I think V for Vendetta, David Lloyd. The pages I've seen come up for auction, which come out, have, you know, they've popped up quite frequently. They always look amazing. Uh, I enjoyed Lloyd's art for V for Vendetta much more in black and white when it appeared in Warrior Magazine than in the color version of... Uh, the miniseries, uh, maxi series, I'm sorry, that uh, DC did in the 80s. But that's my pick. I don't know. I think people love, people love Kirby. There's no question I love Kirby. But uh, looking at just this poll and these five choices, V for Vendetta is definitely my choice. All right. We had some solicits from Diamond this month, which is a rare occurrence. And I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to do the solicits as I find them from publishers. So we had three solicits from Diamond. Um, we've all, we've seen all these previously. And those solicits are Bravo for Adventure. Alex Toth's Bravo for Adventure, Artist Edition, second printing. And the only thing I can tell about that, and I mentioned this before, is whenever I'm now seeing the cover for this book, um, the artwork in the back, they, they've they got a piece of art on the front, and it's a bit smaller than on the other one. I think that's the only way you're going to be able to tell the first printing from second printing when it's published. Maybe it'll look exactly the same. I don't know. I'm not buying one. So I'm going to try and catch an image of something in a store... And hopefully, I'll be able to differentiate that. All right, then we had Judge Dread by Mick McMahon, and that looks awesome. That's coming uh, November twenty third. Still, uh, I you know it's interesting with the the two thousand AD Rebellion publishing because uh, they had solicited the Judge Dread by Brian Bull in Apex Edition for September. Then it was released in the UK. Through any anybody who ordered directly from 2080 got it 
last month, maybe I think June. And then it showed up a diamond and I picked up my copy on July 27th. So this is, it was a bit too early for me. I'll review it uh, next month, probably next week, maybe the week after. But, um, so yeah, their publishing dates seem to be, and that was still being listed as September, but you know, we got a whole, I'm sorry, it was shifted to August and then it's still early. So that's good news. And then the last one is Todd McFarlane's Spider-Man Artist Edition. So again, we've seen all these before. I've discussed all these before. Uh, they've had their own solicitations, but since Diamond's going to put them there, I will do a new page up in case people are still following that or interested in that. This allows me to update the order online, uh, links, any new information that comes about, I'm able to put in the new solicitation. So again, three books listed in uh, previous world, uh, three books we've already heard about, but now that, you know, get into your local comic shop anyways and order them. All right. Uh, out of print sales for June, 2022. Uh, these are collected from eBay. I used to say now in the main list, I only do, uh, regular printing, uh, no variants. And then, uh, in my, uh, extraordinary price list at the bottom, I am doing any prices that are seem crazy. And that's whether that's any edition or that has set a new high that I'm recording. So, all right, let's get into it. Uh, Alien, the illustrated story, the original art edition, three copies sold for an average of one thirty nine thirty two. One copy of Basil Wolverton's Weird, Weird Worlds sold for 65 Wow, that's a, that's a crazy bargain. That's less than half price. One copy of Batman The Dark Knight Returns, Frank Miller Gallery Edition, sold for 175 Four copies of Bernie Wrightson Artifact Edition, second print, sold for 175 average. Man, I, you know, I can't remember the last time I saw a first print come up. They're always these second prints. All right, two copies of Conan Red Nails, Original Art Archives, sold for an average of 350 one copy of Dave Cockrum's X-Men Artifact Edition sold for $149.99. One copy of Dave Gibbons' Watchmen Artifact Edition sold for $61. Wow. One copy of Dave Stevens' Rocket Jars Edition, first print, sold for $130. Uh, one copy of David Mazzucchelli's Daredevil Morning and Artist Edition sold for $274.99. One copy of ElfQuest Gallery Edition sold for $145. Now, there's a book that we don't see come up much. You know, these Dark Horse ones don't come up a lot. And that's, man, I wish Dark Horse would get back into the game here. The, I mean, Lone Wolf, I mean, way to end on a high note, Lone Wolf and Cub, but I mean, come on, they could be printing more. They have access to more material. All right, two copies of Frank Cho's Savage Wolverine Artist Edition sold for an average of $169.95. Two copies of Jack Davis's EC Stories sold for an average of $227.48. One copy of Jack Kirby Commandy, The Last Boy on Earth, sold for $60. Ugh, another deep bargain, less than half. Two copies of Jack Kirby's Fantastic Forest Edition sold for an average of $169.99. One copy of Jack Kirby's Fantastic Four, the world's greatest artist edition, sold for $200. That's the twice up one. And that my pick of Fantastic Four. Uh, one copy of Jack Kirby's The Mighty Thor, another twice up, sold for $165. One copy of Jim Lee DC Legends sold for $124.99. One copy of Joe Kubert's Tarzan of the Apes sold for $99. One copy of Joe Kubert's The Return of Tarzan sold for $131.99. One copy of John Buscema's Silver Surfer Artist Edition sold for $183.06. Two copies of John Byrne's Marvel Classics Artifact Edition sold for an average of $126.68. One copy of John Romita's The Amazing Spider-Man Artist Edition, Volume 2, sold for $140. One copy of Mad Artist Edition sold for $124.99, less than cover, annoying, because I have some on the store. Uh, one copy of Michael Golden's Micronauts Artist Edition sold for $347. I mean, whoosh, I don't know what that is. Mike McNola's Hellboy and Helen Other Stories Artist Edition, a first print sold for $389.99. 
One copy of Mike Mignola's Amazing Screw-On Head and other Curious Objects Artist Edition sold for one sixty nine ninety nine. One copy of Ross Andrews' Amazing Spider-Man Artist Edition sold for one sixty two ninety nine. That is so interesting because that book, so, that, I mean, copies just kept selling on eBay from sixty five for months and months. And I guess eventually the, you know, the availability dries up. It's no longer available from the publisher and now suddenly prices have spiked. Two copies of Spawn Vault Edition sold for an average of four twenty five. That's always going to be a high book, I think. One copy of Star Wars Dark Times Gallery Edition sold for forty five. One copy of Strength of Nick Fury Agent of Shield. First print sold for one forty nine ninety five. Two copies of Wally Woods EC Stories Artist Edition sold for an average of three thirty seven fifty. I mean that's again there's a first print and uh, a hot book. One copy of Walter Simonson Star Wars Artist Edition sold for one sixty two fifty. So that's a bit above cover. One copy of Will Eisner's A Contract with God Curators Collection sold for one fifty undercover. Two copies of Will Eisner's The Spirit Artist Edition sold for an average of one sixty two fifty. Wow. Alright, let's look at record-setting prices. Only one this month. We had Gil Kane's The Amazing Spider-Man Artist Edition variant sold for $531.46. That's, uh, that's hefty. I don't think, as I said before, I don't think we're ever going to see those crazy prices of 2020. Or was that spring of 2021? I think it was spring of 2020. Oh, well, let's have a look. I don't have to guess. Yes, spring of 2021. Um, but you never know. Hard to say. Yeah, um, January to May is when a lot of these record prices were set. I mean, the highest prices, ridiculous. But uh, that's out of print sales again. Uh, unfortunately, I updated the text of a format books index page where I speak about stock and sales numbers because they're just sales numbers aren't available anymore. They're gone. Uh, that was something that we could do when everything was available through Diamond. Those days are over. And. Sales numbers aren't available from anybody else, so we just, I think we're just out of luck. SOL, right? As the uh, the clean version says. Uh, unless a publisher is willing to share those numbers. And I, I have said over and over again that I don't understand why every publisher wouldn't put the number of copies they're printing in the Colfin page and give it a, make it sound limited, right? French publishers do it. I love it. All right. Uh, shipping changes. I'm a little late on this. Sorry, there aren't any shipping changes. Well, maybe that's why I'm late to it. Everything still stands where it is, except, of course, for the Judge Dread by Brian Bolin, Apex Edition, which was had moved to July. T- I'm sorry, August 10th, but actually came out July 27th. So uh, interesting. I'm gonna, I'm, guess, I'm gonna check the Diamond solicitations page on that. Still showing August 10th. Uh, I'm going to try and get a hold of the editor. As if I can for that book because I'm really interested to see how uh, they were able to do a 90 US cover price that's significantly I mean you know that's crazy it's a th- more than a third less than anybody else off right that just seems like an astounding value and it is a really nice book uh, they you know well I'll review it next month anyways alright uh, that's it for shipping changes like I said, there weren't a lot. All right. I have one review this month. I was a little behind. Uh, things at work have been crazy. And uh, this is... A, my work is just a crisis every month now. So I had the second review lined up, and then I just didn't get it done. So I was only able to do one review, but I'm very happy to say it was a French review because I'm, I'm still very excited about ex- discovering and uh, experiencing 
these uh, Bandesinet French books from France or Belgium covering uh, this wonderful art. All right, this one is Metro Chatelet, Direction Cassiopeia. And I'll give you the publisher's blurb. Chatelet Station, Direction Cassiopeia, is the ninth volume of The Adventures of Valerian, published in the French magazine Pilote in 1980. It's the beginning of a sumptuous diptych where Pierre Christian... Kristen will deploy all of his talents as a scriptwriter to take us from the Earth to the Moon to Cassiopeia through a complex and delightful plot. It's also the first volume of the series where the action is taking place exactly in the same period as it was written, the 80s. This allows us to us to all the more appreciate Jean-Claude Mazier, incredible talent for the art of narration and drawing. Halfway between the end of the 30-year post-war boom and the problems on planet Zumuk, the adventure is back for our greatest pleasure. I don't know if I translated that or Google translated that or the publisher translated that, but yeah, interesting. All right. It came out in November, 2017. It's 13.7 inches by 18 and a half inches. That's 35 by 47 centimeters. It's 80 pages. It's a hardcover. It's using 170 GSM paper. That's 170 grams per square meter. And it's 195 euros. And I must say right now, this book is no longer available from the publisher. And I know I hate guys who review things that aren't available to buy. Why review it then? Why? Well, I'm still trying to find a link for it on eBay. If I can, I'll put that eBay link up. If I can, I find the... It's interesting trying to do eBay France to get these books. Um, this is one of two volumes I bought from Edition Corette. I have the 10th volume of Valerian as well. 9 and 10th are my two favorite volumes. So I was really excited to see that these were available like this. Uh, Edition Corette has published two previous uh, Valerian volumes like this of AE format. And uh, they're both out of print and unavailable from the publisher as well. So they published four, three are still available. One is still available. So what can you do? All right, this book, uh, first off, it's not just a book. Like it's a package. So there's this giant book. First thing you do, you open it up. Signed. Well, first thing you do is you open the box and you see that there's a, there's a, uh, I'm in a like a folder in there that's in a plastic, uh, it's shrink wrapped sort of loosely. And then there's a piece of, there's a fold out piece of art. And then, uh, there's the book and the, it's all wrapped in tissue, the tissue paper. They didn't shrink wrap the book. Obviously. I mean, I, that makes sense to me if these are signed editions, then you gotta, somebody's gonna sign it and then, right. And then you can shrink wrap it after signing. No. So. It's a really interesting uh, presentation. So I will, uh, let's talk the book first and then we'll talk the extras. All right, so you open the book up, bam, there's a, it's signed by both creators, uh, Pierre Christen and uh, Jean-Claude Mazier. And uh, it's out of 499 copies. My copy is 321. And you just get, you flip some pages and you get right into it. Gorgeous. So they were able to get all the original art except for five pages. And they did the same thing that most publishers have done, right? They they take an original, they take a, a page from the from the biggest gra- <laughs> uh, example they can get, and then they try and make it look like the other pages. In which I think they did a pretty good job. We've seen the same thing in like artifact editions and artist editions and things, where you can tell. I mean, there's no question it doesn't look exactly like the original art, but it's a pretty good likeness. But uh, Mezzi's art is just really great. I'm, you know, I, I read Valerian. I read the whole thing, uh, all seven volumes of the complete Valerian from 
uh, Cineplex, Cinebook that I just keep mentioning every podcast. I don't know why. And uh, I started, I thought volume one, this art is terrible. You know, and uh, gradually he evolves into the style that he has, that he's stuck with. And it's, uh, it's very nice. And to see it in the black and white like this with the original art is just, um, it's really nice. The pages are big, well done. Uh, the scans are wonderful. Everything presents really, really well. So you get through the story. It's actually, it's pretty short, right? I think it's, there's, uh, I could actually mention how many pages this is. Hold on. Da, 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 da. Hmm. 46 original is, is the original story. Then we've got, uh, there's a 12 page interview of the creators done in 2017. Then there is 14 pages of panel enlargements. So you get through the, you get through the original story and it's wonderful. And then you get this interview done by, uh, the publisher, correct? And, um, there's really nice enlargements and just pieces of, uh, just artifacts really, uh, from how the, when they were writing and uh, when it was being put together and photos and things. It's really, it's really well done. I'm, I, you know, I, I'm slowly going through it with my phone and Google translate. I really need to pick up my French learning. I'm, I'm doing Duolingo, but I'm, I don't know what I'm, I'm in an, I think I'm in a 93 day streak right now. So it's going slow. But really well done. And then you get to these enlargements. And, it, you know, right off the bat, I think to myself, oh, enlargements. Who wants to see an enlargement? But uh, uh, the book is printed a little bit smaller than original art. And when you, these enlargements are quite a bit bigger than original art. But the what is chosen as enlargements, uh, they are still very clear. Really, the, probably the best enlargements I've ever seen done. And there's some really choice panels uh, chosen for the, uh, enlargements and it, it just, it just shines the artist's uh, work even more. Really, really well done. Then I said, we'll get to the extras and the extras are, uh, you open this, uh, you open this folder and it's, uh, it's the entire script from Kristen. It's, it's facim- facsimile of his, uh, typewritten pages. If, if it was double, if it was both sides from him, it's both sides here. And then you've got margin notes and things from the, uh, Messier. And then you've got a piece of art and it's a, it's a facsimile of a page of art. And that's, you know, the two halves, like you see in most French uh, magazines that were done. So this is a, this is page four A and four B and it looks exactly like it would. You flip it over, you can see the, they, you know, you can see the tape, uh, you can see where it's uh, accepted by the publisher and there's a, it's just, and this is this is original art size. So it's slightly larger than the book. So the book is big, but it is still disappointing that they couldn't, they couldn't do the book as the original size. But this is a nice example of like a fold out poster. Uh, I last saw this with, uh, the Prince Valiant volume from Fantagraphics where they included that fold out piece of art that was bigger than the book. I really like this idea of the folded art, especially for, for this piece of art. It works so well because the, the French art, the original art, was two pieces taped together. So the fold there is perfect. This is, it presents probably exactly like the original art was. It's really nice. Um, I can, you know, like, uh, the picture of the box is different than any other picture box I've done. And I love the way they did this label. This is, this, this is the way to label your cardboard box publishers. You got the sticker, the sticker goes on the corner and then it folds over onto the spine. So whether you, you stand this up in your, wherever your shelf, like I do in the cardboard, then 
you can see the front it shows what number it was um, the side shows the title and it just it's really just a very thoughtful addition I thought I think uh, correct does a really wonderful design very thoughtful it's pretty much exactly how I would do uh, an AE format book except you know I got to complain about something that price 195 euros for 80 pages I just for that money I really would have preferred to see both volumes in this you know um, make it maybe a few more pages maybe drop the enlargements and present us volumes 9 and 10 signed like this for that kind of money but prestige product prestige price right that's what you got to go with all right uh, now is the time when I will discuss how to support the AE index. So that is uh, three ways. Please, if you're on the site and you want to buy a book and you see I have a link to it, eBay, Things from Another World, uh, Forbidden Planet, please, if you click that link, I get some money for that. That's an affiliate link. If you'd like to support me via Patreon, that's a dollar more, whatever you'd like to do uh, per month. That's greatly appreciated. And then the last way is to buy something from my store. Uh, uh, most things there are cover price at this point. A few things are over cover because they sell. I try to keep the prices as accurate as I can from eBay sales. But those are the three ways. And it's greatly appreciated. And then what do you, you say? What does this guy need money for? What does he do with that money? I buy books with it. I buy the books that you see on the site. So that's it. All right. Let's get into my uh, topic for this month. And that is the AE index at five years. It was five years ago in July 2017 that I took the uh, AE index from Comic Book Daily, which was a single page, which is still the same AE index proper on the site, or what I call the AE format index, right? AE format books index, yeah. And I spun off the site. At the time, for for a good while, I was editor-in-chief of Comic Book Daily when we did more things. I, I'm the technical editor there still. I look after the site, um, do copy editing, things like that. But, uh, the, yeah, the direction of the site changed quite a bit, and I spun off my own stuff. So, that's why more reviews at uh, eBabble, where I review other comic things, or the index, which is, you know, what you're listening for. Yeah, so that was... Um, 2017 took it from there five years on where are we that's sort of i thought i'd discuss that and then say yeah i would suggest reading the article i you know as always i like to do things in print more than uh video I, well i don't really like video as i say in the article but uh, the podcast has been going pretty steady as well so what was the point of spinning it off well i loved our editions i love the format and nobody was reviewing books like I am where I want to see the interior of the book publishers were never putting interiors up and if they were it was um, right it was a digital copy which still didn't look like the book so I do as I say in the picto reviews right I like a lot of pictures and then I discuss points of the book when I started off very technical I'm slowly giving more of my opinion in the reviews but I like people to look at the pictures decide for themselves so, what have I been able to accomplish in the five years? Well, I reviewed every AE format book that's been published in North America from a major publisher. I had to specify that because uh, there have been books printed, um, you know, sort of very small publisher that I've never heard of, or it's being done through crowdfunding, 
And then I, again, I'm just not interested in a book that I've never heard of original art pages, right? Uh, if it's a major artist or a, son, a well-known artist, P. Craig Russell uh, through Wayne Allen Herald is all crowdfunded and those are amazing books. So I, I get all those, but you know, as of the end of July, we have 124, uh, AE format books published in North America. So that's that, um, the, the great publisher implosion where we saw the drastic downturn of books being published led me to start reviewing other books. And that was, uh, not quite an AE is what I've been, I've decided to stay on and to do foreign publishers. So seen a lot more smaller books. I've really focused on the foreign publisher because there's a gigantic, you know, volume of books out there that, uh, those of us in North America probably have not heard of or not seen. If you're a fan of French band um, then seeing these original art is really wonderful. I try and just stick with things that have been published in English already because I am an English reader and I, again, my French is very poor and I'm slowly trying to work on that, but, uh, it's going to be a while. So that's where the focus has moved from or not moved from, but moved along with, because the focus is still AE format books, full size, original art books, right? From English publishers, English speaking publishers, English printed publishers. Um, I give you some stats, right? So, um, I use WordPress with Jetpack just because it's, it's nice and easy to view. Google analytics is okay. And I do use Google analytics as well, but I just, I just like, you know, uh, I like to use the Jetpack. So that in 2021, I had 43,028 visitors. So with 164,000 page views. So that means the average visitor, which I have about a hundred and five, I don't see in the article. I think it's, I have about 140 visitors a day to the site. And on average, they view 3.82 pages. So, and then the average time on the site, which Google is able to tell me is about it varies actually. It's normally about two and a half to four minutes per article or per page. So that tells me, and interestingly, that breaks down, you can see it by page. So, you know, people come and check the, uh, people come and check an article and they spend three, four minutes. People come and check the poll and they spend 30 seconds, right? Just to see, Hey, is, what are the numbers at now? Uh, 66% of my visitors come from web searches. 25% come direct. So those are people who are typing, go to the either bookmarked or they know the site and they come to check things out. And 5% come from email. Uh, of the top five countries that the searches come from, they are in order, United States, Canada, United Kingdom, which three largest French speaking, uh, English speaking populations, and then France and Spain. So France, I get, I'm going to, like I said, I'm doing a lot more bad today, but Spain is interesting. Number five there. All right. And... Of the top five searches from Google that come to the site, they have some derivative of Artist Edition Index. So they they search for Artist Edition, IDW Artist Edition, uh, Artist Edition Index, AE Index. Those are pretty on my top five. Um, yeah, those visitors don't really go up, which I find interesting. 2017, you know, I averaged the same, about the same number of visitors, 135, 140 visitors. Uh, the page count, about the same, goes up a little bit. So it's, it's very slow. 
And uh, I think to myself, did I, you know, where, as I mentioned, where do these people come from? Who is, you know, how is my main maintaining this number? Because if, if 25% are coming from direct and 66 from web searches, that means 66% of my hits year over year are people who don't know the site or can't remember what the URL is. I talked about that. <laughs> but uh, they're new to it. They're new to artist editions. They're new to uh, this format and they're discovering it. And it's so two thirds of my visitors are just discovering this format and seeing what it's all about and maybe flipping through pages and seeing, oh, what's this? What's that? Maybe they're clicking a link and ordering something. And I find that really, really interesting that this still is just such an unknown format. I think with the publisher changes where we see IDW going through paying Random House and we're seeing a much greater exposure through Amazon and uh, to a lesser extent Barnes and Noble and other online retail booksellers like that, where it's not just, you know, you've got to order some diamonds. So we're going to see it in other bookstores online and brick and mortar. And I think there's an exposure there. And the, uh, it's an interesting look at, will we see this grow? Who do they come back? I mean, it's 25% direct and 5% from email. So somewhere along the lines of 4% just gets, I don't know where that 4% goes, but 5% from email. I also really like that stat because that means people are visiting from my newsletter because there's no other way to get to me from email. Other people aren't mentioning it in my newsletter and other people are mentioning my site in their emails. So when I look at my uh, 2021, 25% of uh, that visitor total will be 2,151 visitors from email. And that's about 43 clicks per newsletter because I only had, I don't have 52 newsletters. I have an average 50 a year because it's just two weeks of the year where, or maybe sometimes more, but as I say average, where I just don't have a newsletter, right? Newsletter only goes out if something happened that week. So right now I have 308 newsletter subscribers, which again, it seems to me a very low number, but I get, what is the number of people who are just so interested in a format books? How many are there? I would say there should be more than 308, but that number has also very slowly grown from 2017. And it doesn't seem to get much bigger. I have, you know, we have a few new additions and then we have some people who unsubscribe. And the interesting thing of course is um, the site's busiest hour is Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern. That's the time when the newsletter comes out. So I know, I know that's a concentrated number of hits from a specific thing, which is wonderful. People get the newsletter. People can have a quick look at the newsletter and say, oh, here's something I'm interested in. They'll click on it and they'll read it, right? They don't have to hit up the website every day because there's no point. I only publish one or two things a week. So you get an, you get an update on that. So those are the things that, uh, I'm happy with, or what is, you know, what about the site? Uh, what have I accomplished on the site? I moved all the articles over from comic daily. I've reviewed every book, as I said, um, accomplished. That's interesting. I did all the photos again. They're still not great. I've added videos. I'm not sure that's an accomplishment. I'm doing the flip throughs. They're very sporadic. Uh, my setup at home just doesn't work. So I still do videos at work because the lighting's better. I'm trying to get, I'm going to get some light stands, but, uh, I'm in the process. I'm moving and changing jobs this year. 
So I'm trying to divest myself of things, not add more things than I have to move. So that's a, something I'm working towards. So the lighting will probably come later because I need better pictures. I need video flip-throughs. I do not intend at any point to do video reviews. I want people to come and look at the book. I want them to look at the pictures, get a feel for it. I don't really care for video reviews. I feel like the video review is more about uh, the reviewer and not necessarily about the review. All right. Moving on. I'm so thankful that I never did comments. I had We had comments. There still have comments at Comic Book Daily, but... I'd never had wanted to worry about policing comments on this site. I had comments on eBabble as well in the old days, and I, uh, I I closed the comments there too. I don't want to have to police comments. I don't want to have to, you know, make it my job as running the site to approve people and, you know, do things like that. I was very happy to find the Marvel Masterworks forum, which is on Tapatalk, and they have, right, the longest running best group available as a forum to discuss these books it's going strong it's still really great and i've had the forum link on the site since i started and it is the second most clicked link i have on the site so we have of external links the most clicks go to ebay which i'm thankful for because that's where i get my uh most money from affiliates and then the tap talk forums so that's wonderful I do uh, so. I do also have a Facebook posts and Twitter posts. Every the, the site I use WordPress, as I said, and then when you when I post, and it automatically puts something up on those too. So I don't I don't get a lot of uh, of clicks from that. It's decent, but I will also dis- mention, discuss, reply, comment to other comments on social media about my posts. But to the greatest extent, right? The books are talked about on Tap Talk. All right. Now I mentioned money a few times and that, that was never the focus of the site, right? The reason I wanted the site was that these were being reviewed. I love them. It's become the focus of my online focus. Really. I have no intentions of slowing down or not doing this, but, uh, it is not, you know, it's a website. There's no point in not monetizing the, the affiliate links just make money and help people out by, you know, having a, a, a click available. Uh, Patreon was something I thought I'd do. I really have been happy with the results. I'm thankful that people think that the site's good enough that they want to give a dollar or a Euro or whatever it is. Um, and that's wonderful. I actually have had publisher support and continue to do through Patreon from individuals, uh, not through the actual publisher. And I mention that because I, <laughs> I say in the article that, uh, to this point, I've never received an AE format book for review. I've never been given a free copy. I did get a, not quite an AE format book. I got one and I'm very thankful for that because it was a, it was a special order and, uh, I would have had a hard time getting it. So, but yeah, it's weird, um, that, publishers never offer me a copy. I mean, these are expensive books. I get that. If you're a very tiny publisher, I don't, I can see how that cost would be detrimental to you. And, you know, on the flip side, I think to myself, well, I have say, and I continue to say, and I have said that I will review every AE format book. So why would a publisher send me one for free if I'm going to buy my own copy and review it anyways? Right. So that's disappointing. 
I'd like to get a, a physical review copy. Publishers as well have provided me digital review copies, which is uh, basically uh, a digital what they send to the printer to get printed, and then they make a PDF of it in a lower resolution, not not 300 DPI, right? They make it like 72 DPI, and then there's generally a watermark on it, or not, and then you can look at it, but I, I have a, I have an article that I started to write years ago that says, you know, print versus digital, but then I never continue, continued with it because there's no point in ever looking at these books digitally because that's a waste of time. You're not getting the feel, the look, the experience of the book. It's original art at its full size. There's no point in looking at it on your iPad or even on your giant monitor turned, you know, portrait. It's not the same. Get the book. So that's why that article languishes. But I, I keep thinking maybe one day I'll publish it. All right. Uh, then there's this podcast, right? I was going to look and see when uh, I'm going to do that now. I Let's have a look and see. Let's search podcast on the site and then go to the first one. When did I publish episode one? So episode one was published in November 4th, 2016. So I had a bit of a run at uh, comic book daily with this and then obviously moved it over episode nine would have been the first episode where we had the new site so it's been the the uh the podcast has been rough i've it's taken me years to feel a little bit more comfortable and relaxed and just babble on about whatever you know i'm feeling and um it's still hard it's you know to just end up you're talking to the microphone and talking to the screen i keep thinking about doing something digitally where because um, I do the I take the podcast and it's available a couple places I do I put it on YouTube but there's no video element to it it's just a right it's just a the placard and I could I keep thinking about reviewing myself uh, videoing myself doing the podcast uh, so that I could show the pages I'm talking about I could show artwork and then you'd have a picture of me in the corner I mean the, you see that video format used frequently but um I haven't just, I just haven't got to it. I, I, I look for free options to do that. I think I can do it with zoom, but then I just never got around to it. All right. I did, uh, talk about the, uh, the website uh, that people can't find it because, you know, uh, I, I got a shout out, which I was really happy with, with cartoonist cafe, but he said, you know, Pisker said, uh, a index.com, right. Which people corrected in the, but that's just as people go to a index.com and go, what, oh, this isn't the site I want. .org was the only uh, top-level domain that was available when I searched A-Index. So I went, all right, .org seems good enough. And, uh, yeah, people don't have a, be able to find it. So that's I think that's how A-Index ends up being, you know, one of my top five searches from Google. Uh, I keep thinking about doing .ca. It's still available. But then do people know .ca anyways? Probably not. And then they're just going to end up doing searches and I'm going to pay for an extra domain, you know, 10, 20 bucks a year just to redirect to .org anyways. So why bother? Um, yeah. Uh, organizational note, uh, my closet is, I'm, I've outgrown the closet. There's picture. If you go to the about page on the site, you'll see this picture of my closet, uh, in my personal home library. And I put in, uh, I talked about it previously, but I put in three shelves using two by sixes very stolid, very sturdy where I've got all my books in there, but with the French volumes, I've outgrown it. So now right now, only English volumes are in the closet and the foreign language books are stacked on the floor. Well, they're standing up, but they're sort of stacked against the wall. So it's not great. I got to figure out what else to do with that. 
and I did. I finished the article. I didn't want to finish with a downer, but I'm going to read you what I wrote. I've been worn down a little by my constant focus of, on this format. I no longer hope for certain books to be made. I wait and see what the publishers will provide. Interviews and news about upcoming volumes don't excite me. At this point, I want to know about the process of the book. I still love books original comic art and look forward to what is still to come. That really sums up how I feel right now. You know, people start talking about AE format books and you got, you know, Scott Dunbeer shows up in a, in something and the questions are, well, how about this? How about this? How about this? What about this book? Right. People have something in mind that they want. I get that, but that's doesn't They're going to print what they're going to print, what they can find, what's available, what's possible. They're not going to print something based on what we ask for. I, you know, it's all a labor of love and what's available. So I get that. We just have to, I just accept what's available, what's coming. And then like announcements where there's a lot of discussion on the uh, forum about, you know, San Diego Comic-Con and the announcement and what's going on with announcements. And because announcements fall through, there's so many things that have been announced that we haven't seen that just didn't happen that I don't, I don't care about announcements anymore. When I see a solicitation, hopefully that's already, it's already at the printer and I know it's coming or it's planned and it's, you know, being packaged to the printer and it's coming. I don't want to get my hopes up on a book and then find out it's canceled, didn't get enough orders, they didn't find enough artwork, it didn't, it wasn't approved by the family, there was a problem with compensation, I don't, you know, all that. Just I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to see advanced previews like that. And I, I back to the like, just I also don't want to see. You know, years ago, I didn't mention this article, and I probably should have. But years ago, I used to post previews, right, when a publisher would do a preview of those digital scans of the, you know, representative of what was going to the printer. I would post an article about it, and then I realized I don't care about previews. This isn't that doesn't represent the book. It doesn't show people what the book's gonna be like. It's just a scan of a piece of artwork. You can get that anywhere. Go to go to Heritage if you want to see scans of original artwork, right? That it doesn't represent the book, so I, that's why I drop previews as well on the site. Now, if you, if and I, I redirected those. If somebody is googling and they come across an old preview link, that takes you to the review of the book, so you get the full experience, anyways. All right, I think uh, this is actually my longest podcast ever at uh, over forty minutes. If you've got a comment, then please join the forum and post the comment. If you don't feel it's for public uh, consumption, then I am at scott at aindex.org. I love viewer, listener mail. I like to receive it. I like to answer those questions. And I'm just flipping through now, being a bad person. I'm flipping through July to see if I got any mail from people. There's been some, yes, I got... uh, got some responses from Michael about some other things we talked about and he was mentioned on the podcast before and uh, there was some discussions about scan quality not not about scan quality sorry about printing quality and that's an article I'm pursuing still I will mention it briefly that um, people were looking at their Frank Miller's Batman the Dark Knight Returns gallery edition and noticing that the overlays have become darker I checked my review, and yes, the overlay looks pretty light. When I pulled out the book out of the closet, now it, the overlay looks has gotten darker. So is that oxidization? Is that a problem with the plastic? Because it's not; those overlays are a plastic. They're not; um, it's not paper. And uh, it, the graffiti designs overlays vary quite a bit from what IDW is used. If you think about IDW, used a very clear, a very 
clear plastic overlay in the uh, Mark Schultz volume. They use almost like an onion skin in uh, Mazzucchelli uh, Daredevil. And then this is like a plastic... I don't know how to describe... I'm going to... I'm Anyways, I'm trying to get more information. I've got to reach out to the publisher still and get a response. But I'll probably be pursuing that next month. Not that it t- doesn't take away from the experience. It's an overlay of the art. It actually presents the artwork very well anyways. The graffiti designs is an astounding job. But it's interesting to see that. Something that, uh, you know, can be looked at and pursued. All right. That's it for this month. Thank you for joining me again. Look forward to the Judge Dread by Brian Bull and Apex Edition review next month. And I've got my foreign language. I'm not sure if I'm going to do Natasha or the second Valerian book. So good things happening. Look forward to that. And of course, join me on the website, right? It's all these things are in print. And that's really what I'd like you to take a look at. Read the reviews, read the articles, and then come to the podcast where I talk about it and expand it a little bit more. All right, thanks, and we'll speak again next month. Let her go, let her go, God bless her. Wherever she may be, she can search this wide world over. She'll never find a sweet man like me.